inside for Ian Betten. Off the ball here for Simon, who's quick. Pete Simon looking for Corinne Betten. Back to Simon. Oh, that is wonderful. That is wild. That is amazing from the Wallabies. Welcome to Pick and Drive Rugby. We are the people's podcast providing a platform for rugby lovers to come together and support the game that's played in heaven. My name is Ando, with me is Mitch, and this is the first of our instant reaction pods at Super Round. Mitch, how are you? Are you excited to be here? Yeah, really excited. We're down here in Melbourne. It's uh, currently 11pm at night. We've had two fantastic games of rugby this afternoon slash evening. We've been to the press conferences. We've done it all. We've got some good content out on our socials as well, which has been fun. So that was... That was cool to record that and do something a little bit different. And we're now doing our second week of instant reaction pods. Mate, I think we'll uh, be pumping even more out over the next couple of days. We were testing the waters today. I think it's gone well. Um, but let's, let's not waste any more time because it's late. There are seagulls flying everywhere on the pitch here at Amy Park. Yeah, and fantastic. we want to talk some rugby because the Rebels and the Hurricanes just finished up an incredible match. Really a pulsating encounter. It had everything, had intercepts, multiple tries, yellow cards, red cards, um, handbags in a corner, uh, some pretty significant gestures. And I've just got to say, I'm going to cut you <laughs> off, Ando, there, because we can't go any further and just say, I don't know what it is, but Geordie Barrett scoring last-minute tries in Melbourne yep. is something we need less of in our lives. Off pretty contentious calls as well. Because um, if you were uh, a Rebels I, I fan... Wouldn't, I wouldn't say this is as hard as the, the Bledisloe <laughs> last year, but yeah, okay. Um, look, there's a lot to be said about the game, but let's, let's just start off with the very basics. So the Hurricanes have come away 39-33 to 33 winners against the Rebels. Halftime score was 7-24 to 24 in favour of the Hurricanes. Yeah. So the second half performance from the Rebels was really improved from last week against the Force. And without a shadow of a doubt, they're going to be disappointed about the loss. But despite that, it was a good performance from the Rebels. It's a bit of a funny one, like... The vibe we got from Kevin Foote and Brad Wilkin in the post-match presser was kind of disappointment that they weren't able to sort of run away with it and win win the game. But at the same time, like they can't be disappointed with that performance at all. Like, it was a good performance. Regardless of the halftime score, the fact that they were able to keep with the Hurricanes, chase them down at points. Uh, they Get did, behind by one? Yeah, like, they did really well. And look, if it weren't for that, wasn't for that Geordie Barrett try at the end there, yep. they did well to sort of hang with them. And, and like it was... Last week, we, we spoke about the fact that their second half, they kind of fell away and mm. the Western Force were able to sort of take the game out of their hands and, and step it up a gear. But this week, the Rebels did that. Yeah. They took the game out of the Hurricanes' hands in a lot of ways and they pumped up the physicality and the impact from the bench. So, If I was a Salty Rebels fan, I would be pointing to the last two rucks before that Jordy Barrett try. However... The reality is that's not the thing that lost in the game because <laughs> when, when you look at various points throughout the game, there's a really key moment in the 30th, 31st minute where the Rebels are up on the try line of the Hurricanes and they have two pick and drive attempts, um, nearly one after the other, and they get knocked, they knock the ball on twice and then give away subsequent penalties for to leap, allow the Hurricanes to leapfrog back down the field. It just demonstrates that the Rebels are still a team that are needing to be more clinical yep. in their opportunities because they don't have that ability to break open teams like the Crusaders do that we saw earlier today. So they've got to make sure they make the best of the opportunities they do get. Well, I mean, the other thing that Rebels uh, can sort of take a little bit of comfort in is they've got their big name stars on the bench too. Trevor mm-hmm. Hosea, uh, Matt Phillip, 
Andrew Kellaway. Like these are three big names <clears throat> that had they been on the field tonight. Jose was on. Jose was on. Oh, so Jose might be. Not, I might be thinking of someone else. Leota. That's the one. Rob Leota. Sorry, yep. Rob Leota. Yeah. Had those three players been on the field, maybe that's just enough to get them over the line. Maybe. There. maybe. Um, you know, line out more. Matt Phillips, a, a general at that area. So yeah. that's one area that they might have been a little bit better had they not had that. So the fact that they were still able to hang so close with the Hurricanes and match their physicality and do that for the full 80 goes to show that they're a team on the up. Yeah, and look, uh, we've spoken a lot about the Rebels. I mean, we are an Aussie podcast, so we do kind of focus a bit more on the Aussie teams. We'll, we'll point out a couple of players before maybe we move to the Hurricanes. Um, Joe Pincus, debut. Yep. Debut. For the Rebels in Super Rugby Pacific, played excellently. Really, really strong performance. Carter Gordon, amazing intercept, cramping for about the last 30 minutes, but was able to stay on the field and really seemed to take control in that second half. And Dickie Hardwick running in two tries to bring the Rebels back into the game. He is just a person that epitomises who the Rebels are in terms of the work ethic and the desire to just keep putting his body on the line for the team. I mean, they lost. They lost. But they're going to have to be proud of I mean, strong we were, elements of the performance. To be to be fair, we I don't think we did a preview of this performance, but we were coming in expecting a, a pretty big margin against them. We were sort of expecting something similar to last week in, in Townsville, so the Hurricanes really running away with it. And I mean to the Rebels credit, they didn't allow them to do that. They yep. hung in there, they kept they had options, they they had different plays to go. They, you know, put the ball to, on the foot a few times and chipped it in behind and, and found space there. So to their credit, I mean, Carter Gordon was immense. I was really impressed. We've seen glimpses of this last season and, and the first two games this season, he's really shown that just sustained game time at, at that position at yep. this level is going to do him favours. And so he's yep. he's looking better the more minutes that he gets. Yeah, well, that's a good way that we can kind of segue back into the Hurricanes now. Because when we're talking about players that are getting more time in the saddle, you've obviously got Cam Roygaard playing at nine, who is filling in for TJ Perinara, or now gets the starting jersey now that TJ Perinara is on a long-term uh, Achilles Achilles injury, I think. The lights are just turned on here, which has started to blind us. Um, Roygaard was pretty instrumental throughout the game. Jamie Booth was massive when he came on too. Uh, just... The, the Hurricanes seem to, at moments, have issues with discipline. Yeah. Um, I think we really should touch on the Artie Sevilla incident at the end of the first half. So there's a bit of push and shove oh, down I mean, in look, the corner. It's been spoken about so much, hasn't it, already? Well, mate, I, we're the, already literally the first podcast. No. We're literally the first podcast to talk yeah, I know, about it. I know. So let's we, do it. We're so the first podcast to talk about it. I just feel like the broadcasters have spoken about it. Twitter's spoken about yeah, it. Yeah, Everyone yeah, has yeah. an opinion. And, geez, it, things got ugly at the end of that first half there. You know, it wasn't just Surveyor that no, was no, throwing handbags people, and throwing people yeah, around. No, no, there heaps of people um, but, getting involved. But, you know, even he admitted in the, in the presser and post-match, like, just the heat of the minute. Whatever was said to him, I, I was sort of sitting on the edge of my feet in that press conference going to ask like was something said yeah. what was said that tipped you over the edge but yep. you know the, the way he, the the conversation was flowing I thought maybe this isn't the best thing to do look, I don't want him to run at me like that yeah. so. look I am um, I my immediate reflection was one of thinking the heat of the moment got to him yeah. he's been repentant and in the post-match presser which you'll be able to hear at the end of this pod he was very apologetic and repentant and recognised his responsibility as captain role model all that jazz he, he seemed genuinely to be remorseful yeah. um, but the, the truth is that he gave a gesture 
towards I thought it was Lauren's but yeah, maybe that's wasn't. what it looked like to us um, but yeah. yeah and he the gesture was sweating the thumb across the throat sweating the throat which generally means I'm going to kill you yeah. and that's obviously something that's unacceptable if you verbally said those words as well then that would be completely unacceptable and so it wouldn't surprise me if there is some type of follow-up maybe a one-week ban um, um, for that yeah. I'm not sure I mean, it's under what provision we... it would be unsportsmanlike conduct is that a yeah, thing that I mean, he can be disciplined look, there's for also, he's out for a yellow card on the instance now I know technically the referee didn't put the, the arms up and say this is on review for a red card upgrade but at the same time I feel like the Timo is, is in his, within his rights to come in and say is this something that needs to be upgraded and if it was I feel like that would have been enough I wonder if it's not allowed like a red to card. be I wonder if it's not allowed to yeah. be because it's not foul play I wonder if it's a loophole, though. Yeah. If the referee de- deemed it a yellow card for whatever reason and he hasn't sent it for review, the team mm. can't interject and override that yeah, decision. Yeah, and that's... Yeah. Either way, it wouldn't surprise me yeah. if there is something more that comes from this, um, yeah. even though I do believe that his apology was genuine and yeah. heartfelt and that he will be better from this. Um, that being said, I do have to say I'm a pretty massive Surveyor fan and he really convinced me in that post-match presser. But back to the game. A um, couple of other players that really stood out. Uh, Josh Morby's try that he took within the 35th minute of the game just after Brad Wilkins' um, yellow card was just was just magic. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. So you had Sevilla picking the ball up. Um, the scrum's about five metres out kind of centre of the field before the um, before the Rebels line. Sevilla picks it up at the back of the right, goes to the right-hand side, draws three defenders on him with um, Geordie Barrett running an underzine as well, and just passes it out the back instead of doing the crash ball, and Morby just runs in completely untouched. Yeah. It showed the impact of that new scrum half requirement where they yeah. have to be back on the halfway line of mm-hmm. the scrum. Yep. Um, gives it eight extra run, um, move <laughs> space to run. You to know run what I'm trying to say. Eight, yeah. And look, it Pick was just him. a great try. It was it was brilliant and just showed how teams are adapting to the new world. And there was variations. a few there were a few versions tonight. There were a few tries the Hurricane scored that were clearly just off the playbook and yeah. were executed yeah. brilliantly and hmm. you know, no no disrespect to the Rebels, not poor defence in any way, but they just read that play like they were meant to. They yep. went with the the runner that was playing the blind and um, ran through and, and scored points. So yeah. um, they did look very good when they were getting those things clicking. Yep, and final quick comment. Um, Mathaleo's yellow card, which was later upgraded to red, completely deserved. Um, shoulder to the head of Hardwick who was on the ground and out of the place, so no issues there. Um, I thought the Canes' multi-phase attack was really, really good when they kept the ball in hand. They were really dangerous, and particularly their, the threat of their outside backs, particularly their capacity of players like Julian Surveyor and Billy Proctor to stand in and tackle and then offload was really impressive. But... Knowing the time, knowing where we are, and this is an instant reaction pod. Well, this is the first of two games. This is the game to I talk know. about. Should we shift I, I think to the that? one thing I just want to say to, to yeah, sure. wrap up is um, there's a lot to be optimistic about by the Aussie teams this year. Mm. And, mm. you know, we when we were doing our preview for the Rebels this year, we were pretty harsh. Um, some of us were harsher than others. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we just didn't see how they were going to really compete against these Kiwi sides. We didn't think that they had the, the personnel or the, the physicality to match them. And tonight, they've shown us that they are able to do that. It and seems like... Sorry, you could go. Sorry. I was just going to say, and this is the first game over the weekend where mm. we've got a few more fixtures coming up. Sunday, the Brumbies and the Blues is going to be a massive indicator yep. of where we actually are because they're yep. the kind of the pinnacle, the best team in Australian rugby at the moment against arguably the Kiwi team that's number one at the moment as well. So that'll be really interesting to see. But mm. 
it's exciting because no longer are we the easy beats. Yeah. And yep. even I, I asked Sevilla in the press conference, you know, have you noticed an improvement in the Aussie teams? And he said he had. Yeah. He noticed their physicality. Yep. He noticed the way that they are attacking the breakdown. So there's things to be excited about as an Aussie rugby fan. I wonder if the increased speed of the game and, and both players, um, both teams, all teams so far have mentioned that. I wonder if the speed of the game has led to a team like the Rebels being able to be more... Um, competitive impactful basically the game suits them better because they've always had a mobile pack yeah they've never they've never really had absolutely massive ball runners within their forward pack so i wonder if it's suiting them a bit more the wall variations yeah. anyway should we move on let's move on all right cool so the second game of the well the first game actually of the weekend was the crusaders versus the highlanders and this was an absolute beat down with the crusaders going up 52 to 13 against the highlanders 15. 15. Was it 15? It My was mistake. 15. I didn't write yeah. down the last conversion. 52-15. Um, and this game was actually 52-3 to until the 73rd minute of the <laughs> game where Timu actually got in two tries and they were really well-taken tries. Yeah. So, really. like, they were good tries, but far too late They're to make any points, difference. Really. Like, yeah, and it, and it wasn't. It actually wasn't the Crusaders switching off. They were good tries. Yeah. Um, some nice kicks in behind, reading the defence well and noticing where the space was. But... Despite some early positive showings from the Highlanders in terms of their kind of defensive structure. Um, yeah, I think like for me personally, yeah. that first 20 minutes from the Highlanders was good. Yeah, and they were keeping yeah, was. the Crusaders too. Similar to last week though. Yeah, exactly. And you mm. even, we said in the stands as we were watching it, or the press box or whatever you want to call where we're currently sitting, <laughs> um, work in progress there. But uh, when we were watching the game, you, you made a comment around how the the Highlanders were holding the Crusaders and they were sort of yeah. matching their physicality and they said yep. it is the first 20 minutes they kind of fell away 25 last week and by half time what was the score? 24-3 yeah exactly so yeah so you had Moanga score a penalty in 26 minutes to make it 10-3 and then Fergus Burke got a try 32nd minute and then Moody got a more try in, a t- in the 40th minute right on half time so it's just that typical um kind of New Zealand rugby thing of being able to score points in those championship minutes either side of half yep. uh, you saw it both for, against the Rebels and here against the Highlanders so yeah look I think a big part of it was just the star players and the Crusaders really stepping up so Severus had a pretty decent game as much as it pains me to say it um, <laughs> David Havili was excellent Richie Mwanga was imperious again um, and their forward pack was able to impose themselves as the game progressed the, the set piece for the Crusaders was pretty shaky actually in the first 30 minutes minutes yep. line out scrum etc wasn't functioning well the highlanders were getting some pay there yep. but the crusaders were able to as the game progressed impose themselves both in the set piece and in general attacking play defensively the highlanders were so for the crusaders defense the highlanders weren't able to get any meters on their runs and so that just meant that freddie burns playing at 10 starting at 10 for the first time was unable to make any positive play because yeah, he was kind behind of a beating any pack. Impact. Yeah, yeah, and that we've, we've come to know that, particularly these last two seasons of rugby, that no matter how good and talented your number 10 is, if he's playing behind a pack that's getting beaten quite concept- comprehensively at the breakdown, at the set piece, yep. you're, there's no ability, there's no nothing you can do in that instance to kind of turn things around for your team. Yep. So it, it's unfortunate for Freddie Burns that he wasn't able to Im- impact his skill and um, his ability a little bit more in this game, but geez, you got to you got to take your hats off to the Crusaders. I mean, 
So last week tries. they got absolutely pumped oh. by the Chiefs, and yep. this week they came off and they looked angry. They looked like they were here to to make a statement. Mm-hmm. Um, any sort of thought that maybe the Chiefs have just you know that shines off um, has lost this. This I'm just pointing out to Ando. Alex Murphy's just walked out onto the field to um, feed a own. few seagulls. Uh, oh, we'll time. see. We'll see what he's doing. We'll keep, we'll keep you updated we'll on keep. Murphy's walk across the field as we're doing this. Um, oh, the, the whole team looks to be coming out. We've got Brad Wilkin. We've got Bobby Tuttle as well coming out. Seems to be crossing the pitch. Anyway, the fans um, at home don't really care about no, this. This is no, nice, nice for us to watch. <laughs> we'll wait for Lawrence to come out. And if Ando's just... You oh, hear like my God. His out. tongue roll out of his mouth, then you know what's happened. But um, yeah, I was just saying, like, it, it's a statement piece, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, They've put themselves back in that top four position. They've they've shown that they are a team that is able to score points, um, and, and and the way that they scored points. So like the breaks up the side, Mwanga's um, link play with the outside backs, Havili's um, chip back on the inside for Mwanga running through for his trot. It was just these absolutely incredible plays that we're sitting here in the stands. Now, we didn't have a horse in a race, mind you, so we didn't really mind. We just want to see good rugby. And we saw some incredible tries. The game itself was over within about 30 minutes. Yeah. Actually, no, by the half, end of halftime, the game was over. Yeah. But we were just really treated to some incredible moments as one-sided as well. And it just like, sitting here as an Australian rugby fan, just watching what Moanga does in mm. person. Like, yep. He's just a cut above. So it's a there's privilege just, to watch him. There's there's not many fly halves in world rugby that can do what Moana can do. Yep. And for him to look as good as he does whilst doing it is just... Oh, well, oh. No, come on, mate. That's, Seriously. That's a point of... That's a different point. But one of the things <laughs> that we, we definitely get to see, and we, we notice it in this game, yep. that you don't always get to see when you're at home, is the work off the ball. Mm. And that's what the Kiwis do so well. Oh. There was a number of times yep. where Mwanga would attack the line. He'd be in a breakdown. It'd either get turned over and the other team will do a phase or two and then kick long. And he's back in Already on the back. 22, yep. back taking yep. the kick. It's like, how does he just get around? And he looks, he's effortless as he does it. He's not puffed. I mean, Carter Gordon in the second game made this break full field, did really well, but he was gassed by that point. Mate, that's actually a point um, I want to bring up as well. Uh, we didn't mention it at the time in terms of the Hurricanes um, and the Rebels, but the Rebels players were out on their absolute feet. Like three or four of them were cramping significantly. Um, and it was just really significant. The Canes players weren't. Mm. And so I wonder if it's a... Uh, th- there must be something in terms of fitness and, condi- and conditioning that they're doing better than, at the very least, the Rebels. And we'll see how the other Aussie teams go I this mean, weekend. I mean, there's already questions being asked around the injuries that the Rebels are sustaining in training. And it, it yeah. sort of echoes what the Wallabies were getting last year. These, these injuries that aren't necessarily freak rugby injuries they're just unfortunate injuries which indicate that maybe they're pushing too hard they're, they're late their load management isn't quite right so there's an article from Siliasi Vonovalu that came out today actually talking about I'm talking about the management that he experienced under the Wallabies in terms of his training expectations and the way that they were wanting him to be kind of shaping his body and style of play and how he believes that that was actually the thing that was responsible for him um, changing his technique and twinging his hammy multiple yeah. times. So I wonder if it's something... Supposedly, RA were doing a review into the end of year. We never heard what injuries. that was, did There we? was never any response or result. Nothing well, made I mean, public. Maybe we'll ask some questions over public, the but I guess when you look at and realise that of the coaching team and the structure, there's no one left. Well, yeah, I mean, that's just a coaching change. Um, that I, I'm not, sure, I'm not anyway. sure you can make the connection between no. those two. Um, but, okay, let's get back to the game. Either way... 
this was a really good opening night to Super Round. 15,239 or something like that. Definitely 15,000 um, people here yeah, for the opening night. Over, half, um, over I mean, half of the numbers that we had for the entire Super Round last week, last year. Yeah, and look, there's, there's a lot to be optimistic about. The, there was some questions around how successful this round would be coming into it due to the fact that it's so early in the season. Yep. It's the second week. Ed Sheeran's playing at the MCG tonight. Packed out show. A lot of people preoccupied with other things. First kickoff was five p- uh, 6 p.m., which is cl- close to like knockoff time for a lot of people to get here. Uh, by the time the Rebels kicked off, the stadium was, you know, looking... Yeah, it was looking pretty good. It was looking pretty relatively good. full. So it yep. was good to see that people are turning up. Interesting to see how it goes across the weekend. Yep. Uh, but, you know, hats off to the organisers, TEG. They've done a massive amount of work in the off-season. In comparison this, to last year. Yeah, comparing this yep. ex- performance and experiences in the stands to last year's chalk and cheese, really. Yep. Yep. Without a shadow of a doubt. Well, look, I think we should wrap that up as our first podcast for the weekend. Instant reaction for both the Rebels versus the Hurricanes and the Crusaders versus the Highlanders. Night one of Super Round in Super Rugby Pacific. It has been an absolute pleasure to be here with you. Ando, Mitch is here with me as well. For those that are are still wondering what's coming up, we've got the Chiefs and Moana Pacifica playing tomorrow afternoon, evening at 5pm. We then followed up by the Indrua and the Waratahs at 8pm, I think, the kickoff time. 8, 8.15, something like that. Yeah, 8.15, thereabouts. So uh, do definitely tune in for that. Waratahs up, so we'll hopefully be up and about cheer and looking forward to chatting through that tomorrow night uh press conferences coming up immediately after this so keep listening and you'll hear the press conferences from both games this evening um that's about it yeah if you are in melbourne come and say hi we'd love to hear from you come to the games are super cheap mate it's like 55 bucks for a ticket for the whole like weekend so you're getting sick well now four games of rugby for 55 bucks that's pretty good yeah so yeah get involved come join in come say good day we'd love to catch up and it's been a pleasure Round one, episode one, done. In the can. We'll see you next time. Same place, same time. Um, Obviously, there was a bit of a disruption with with Razor not coming over here, but it didn't seem like it was too much disruption out there. Good comeback after last week. Yeah, I'll just start off that one. Um, Just firstly to acknowledge the uh, Razor and the family, the Maholland family for... um, the bereavement that they're with at the moment in regards to Terry passing away. So our thoughts are with Jane and the family there. Uh, Razor's always great at setting us up around our week and allowing people to be themselves around leading. So there was no real change in what that looked like by the end of the week. And Scooter as the skipper did a great job in connecting us and keeping us on task. Was last week bit of a shock to the system and to the potentially to kind of make sure you get the season up. I think for us, um, it's probably a reminder of how hard these competitions are to win and I think uh, if, looking at the game, we lost a, f- a few of the kick, uh, critical areas, the collisions, uh, both sides of the ball and um, off the back of that we lost the territory battle so uh, yeah, it was a good lesson of where we need to be to win this comp. Fiji next week, you're going up there as well. It's going to be a bit of a difference from something like today. Uh, you prepared for that challenge? Yeah, we've played there, or some, some of the group have played there before, and um, yeah, at times it's like uh, breathing through a straw. It's uh, pretty tough, like the humidity, the heat, and I think just the um, 
the crowd as well. They're, they're behind. They're a passionate team. Um, so we're, we're anticipating a huge challenge up there that's um, going to be 80 minutes and it's going to be gruelling. Yeah. What about the Super Round concept? Do you like the idea of it? Do you like being here in Melbourne? What do you, what do you think broadly? Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. So anything you can do to uh, broaden the reach of the game, uh, getting it into new environments, um, people coming in, bringing their families and children in to watch a game that's um, maybe not their first sport. It's a great idea. We really enjoy it here in Melbourne. Um, it's, it's an amazing sporting city. And we enjoyed the week, or our last couple of days here, I should say. Um, the concept of the Super Runs, yeah. We'll always support that and growing the game. Scott, would you like to say it in NZ sometime? Yeah, uh, by all means. I think um, yeah, if the opportunities ever super around in uh, New Zealand, even Christchurch would be awesome. I think that new stadium we open it would be uh, good. Get some planning in there. <laughs> uh, Scott, last week's results. Uh, how much did that, I guess, fuel fuel you guys this week? You know, during the week was that spoken about a lot, or did you guys put that to one side? And, yeah, I mentioned it before. Uh, yeah, the performance wasn't quite up to the mark last week in the key areas um, that we often pride ourselves on, and uh, that's the physical area. And um, yeah, there's plenty of hurt at the start of this week, but we put that behind us and um, focused on us and what we needed to do to improve. And a lot of that was shaped around our attack and ball in hand. So um, it was good uh, sort of shift in the right direction tonight. Um, with Jack Goodyear coming off early, is there, what was the story there? With Jack? Jack, is it groin Yeah, Jack's just going through a medical procedure at the moment in regards to what that injury looks like. So yeah, at this stage it looks like there's um, been an injury to the groin region, but our medical staff's on that currently. And so, comment on um, Richie, Reiner, really seemed sort of that break in that first half and his individual try really seemed to kind of take that game out of reach for him. You know, with him hitting the Japan next year, do you notice that extra spark and motivation to really end this tenure on a high? Oh, Rich is our quarterback. So um, when we give him front football and, and we give it to him on a plate, then he can show his skills. And we know how fantastic he is at taking it to the line. He's always someone that's, um, someone that we build our game around in, in regards to our attack. And, and tonight um, did a great job in keeping the ball in front of the forwards. And then when you give him the opportunity with time and space, he can damage it with his individual flair and that's his run. So uh, we're pretty lucky to have uh, Rich steering us around the field tonight. Uh, Scott, uh, uh, there's a report today, and I know that in Australia, uh, there's a bit of a push from some of the super states to have, uh, to kind of replicate what's going up in the north with the high companies to have one similarly with Australia, New Zealand, Japan potentially. Uh, and then ultimately with the goal of having a World Club challenge against the North. Um, just wondering whether or not something like that from a all black but also expected super player, that concept, would that be the exciting one in addition to Super Rugby Pacific? Yeah, I guess so. Um, it's always exciting. Um, you know, when, when South Africa have been in the competition in the past and if there's the opportunity to for the best um, Australian and New Zealand teams to play the best from the north and that would be a great concept I guess and um, for this team at the moment it's focusing on I guess this current competition and that one's a 
a challenging one each week, week so um, we're loving this competition at the moment and we know how hard we have to work to be near the end. Oh, again, just like Scooter, where our focus is at the current at the moment, you know, you've got people that are uh, within their environments offering opportunities and ideas, and uh, it's exciting to hear them. Uh, what that looks like in the future, they'll determine really. Uh, so, uh, guys, I think just to start with the obvious, the scoreboard, obviously, not what you guys want. Uh, following last week's results as well, how do you guys kind of move on ahead of the Chiefs match next week? Yeah, I think the the score's a bit of a bummer, but, um, you know, like in that Blues game, there's a lot of awesome stuff to take out, and I think this week will be the same. Um, you know, we just didn't quite have our accuracy at the line out um, and our exit, so if we can tidy up those, there's some awesome stuff within our phase defence and our phase attack um, that really uh, challenged them. So in particular, it's, are those kind of shining lights at the top of these kind of first two weeks that makes you still think you're on the right track? Yeah, mate, it's, it's only round two. You know, we're not going to get um, too disheartened. Um, we just still want to keep growing, keep better. And, you know, the, the funny thing is that I felt like we did get better um, in our attack uh, and our D. But obviously with that scoreline, you know, we weren't quite accurate. And a team like Crusaders... You know, they can just pounce on um, any opportunity and turn that into points. So you really seem to get some success towards the end of the game and there was uh, more sort of focus trying to kick it behind. Is that something that was kind of identified from that half-time, really trying to just attack that space that the Crusaders were leaving behind their back line? Yeah, well, they're obviously a, a smart team, so their defensive pitches change all the time. Um, actually, the players recognised that late in the game that they were um, defending 14 in the front line. So... It was awesome to see the, the players recognise that and then be able to exploit it. Um, we just weren't quite accurate enough tonight around our set piece, especially line out, um, giving, I guess, giving up ball on attack in, in the right areas of the pitch. And you see how dangerous the Crusaders are. Um, Sam Gilbert, the sh- shoulder, is that, is that a concern? It seemed to kind of knock it in the first half and succumb to the second half. Is there any further details you can give on that? No, I can confirm he's hurt his shoulder, but obviously the game's only finished 15 minutes ago, so we'll wait to let the doctors see what uh, what's what with it. Uh, guys, just a comment on Falau coming off the bench. You know, he was pretty amazing tonight. Yeah, so Falau's worked his way back from a significant injury, so um, he played a lot, a, lot, a lot of minutes last week against the Blues, so we're conscious of uh, not overloading him on his return. But, um, yeah, you can see what he can do off the bench for us. He's... Uh, Awesome impact on the game. Um, just the game was too far gone for him to be able to finish it off for us. And coming from the north, yeah, Freddie Burns obviously with his first start for the team. A comment on him and his performance tonight? Um, yeah, I think talking to Freddie already after the game, the, the pace of the game's um, something new to him. Uh, teams attack from different places on the field and they defend differently up the pitch. So you could see uh, the Crusaders weren't giving much away on their kick chase tonight. Um, so, yeah, it's all adapting. Um, really happy with how he's leading the team around the field. So he's got a great voice uh, and his experience is rubbing off on the, the guys around him. Thoughts on the Super M concept and having everyone in one place and making it a real celebration of rugby in this part of the world? What do you think, Bill? Uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting, um, you know, to come to an awesome city like Melbourne. Um, it's... Pretty cool to be, you know, put up 
and get to see the city and you know all the teams to be in one place. Uh, I think probably the only bummer for us is you know uh, you know we were playing Crusaders and that's probably one of the matches we love to have at home or uh, in Christchurch. So that's probably the only downside. But as a concept, no, I love it. What's your thoughts on the game and how they how they how close they got at the end there? Yeah, look, the tenacious side and, and love a bit of physicality, and we sort of knew that they were always going to bang the keep banging down the door. Um, we're delighted to come away with a win. Um, never easier to come over here and and to have got two wins in the last in the last two weeks is is pretty awesome to go home with. Um, yeah, we're still learning a little a bit about around our game and, and what makes us tick. And I think there's there's bits in the game where we're really good, but there's also bits where we Played into the rebels' hands with with some some basic errors, which we can get rid of, and and mean that uh, we keep the pressure on opposition for longer. I think we're twenty four seven up, and just just getting a little bit more ruthless around how we put teams away is is will be a big big learning for our for our group. Jason, you said uh, played into the rebels' hands. But do you feel like the rebels' performance is better than the Reds last week, or do you think that you guys actually did play into that and made the knowledge of Oh, look, I, I think the, the big plus of what the Rebels did tonight was their, their physicality. Like in the tackle and the carry, um, they were pretty tenacious in there. And um, when you carry with that intent, it gets you over game lines and it makes you harder to play against. So, um, I don't know, hard, t- tough to make comparisons, but um, I felt like uh, we definitely got challenged tonight. Um, Adi, uh, we've, we've heard your apology on the, on the telecast. Can you just explain... Like I know it was heat at the moment, but can you explain the, the gesture? The gesture? The gesture? Yeah. Yeah, I was just, just mean when I come on, I'm going to try and smash you. Um, pretty much. But um, I understand that can be taken in the wrong way. And, you know, like in the post, yeah, I apologised. Uh, apologised to uh, the player I did it to as well after the game. Um, so, yeah, it's just the heat of a moment, mate. It's a, you know, warrior game, but yeah. I've got to lead by example, being the skip. So I got that wrong. Um, but yeah, something that I can keep learning and growing from. Uh, are you worried you might end up getting further trouble, suspension, whatever from that? Um, look, I'm not too sure. That's out of my control. Um, but you know, it's, yeah, I've, people can take it the way they can. It's just, like I said, mate, it's a heat of the moment. It's a warrior game. You know, you're in there, you're ready to battle, you're trying to smash each other and. Um, there was a bit of banter going on and, you know, got the best of me. Um, so usually I'm cool and calm and collected in those kind of moments. So um, that's something for me to work on. Um, don't worry, I got off the field and my old man called me um, and kind of grabbed me off. So that's a lesson learned. Jason, do you kind of added to a bit of the drama? Uh, do you hope it doesn't go any further? Yeah, obviously I don't have, I hope it doesn't go any further. Um, obviously I just, um, you know, not, not happy with that, but, mate, we, we all make errors and we've got to just accept them and get on with it. So, look, we'll, we'll leave that in the hands of, of whoever it does. But. On the positive side, uh, just before half time, a try uh, for Morby when he bounced off the back of the scrum. Uh, have you noticed the difference with the change in the laws for the half back? And that's a big advantage for you? Yeah, it's, it's a massive advantage for the attacking team. Um, and I think in that moment, um, we were putting pressure. Um, in, in the scrums and we're doing well in the scrums so we thought it would be a good chance to for the eight to go quick and just change it up a bit but um, yeah mate it is something that we we look and review and analyse um, before we play teams
Jordy Barrick keeps going from strength to strength, doesn't he? He loves Melbourne. Uh, can you believe he just keeps coming up with the right play? Yeah, mate, he's a... It's awesome to see his growth and um, especially um, as a leader and, and how he um, navigates the team and the effect he has on our insides and, and our outsides. So uh, he's a bit battered and bruised, um, a few, few um, battered eyes, but um, no, nah, it's uh, awesome having someone like that in your team that can run up the guts, but also keep calm and make crucial decisions for us. Jason, how did you find like the new with the um, upgrading of the yellow card to red, just to, like, do you have to prepare that, do you have another player ready to go? Because I don't think they made it for about seven minutes or something, is that right? So Yeah, I think it's my first time experiencing it, obviously. Um, yeah, it just makes it difficult around who you're going to bring off and those sorts of things, but um, or who, when the when the guy you've brought off goes back on. But um, look, man, that's, that's a rule that's designed to keep the game flowing and to keep the speed in the game. Um, yeah, I think the, the bigger thing is just with the the head contact stuff, we just got to make sure we get a system with consistency um, around what happens with those because I think there was there was definitely more than one or two or three of them in the game last uh, tonight. Have you got uh, people people coming back next week? Yeah, De, um, Dev Flanders was was out for concussion. He got concussed up in the Reds, so he's available next week. And we actually. Probably not for next week, but we've got some of our longer-term injured guys coming back in the back, so that's encouraging for them who've done a long pre-season and toughed it out with some rehab and, and are close to coming back. So we've got three or four guys back in the next couple of weeks. Ardy, have you noticed an improvement in the Aussies' teams this year? 100%. Um, the physicality the Rebels brought tonight, just like Alf mentioned, um, we talked about it all week, um, and they kind of that's what kept them in the game, and it's their big ball carriers and... Like Alf said, if we don't nullify that, they're just getting uh, lightning quick ball and just putting us under pressure. So, um, yeah, mate, it's, it's it's good for the game. It's not good for us, obviously, but it's good for the game and, um, you know, it just creates good competition. Do you think the new laws uh, play into the Aussies' hands a little bit more? Or I'm, not too sure, mate. I'm, I'm not too sure, mate. I'm not too sure. You know, I don't have an answer. I don't know, Alf, for you. Oh, I think not necessarily Aussie's hands. I think it, it creates a probably more of an attacking game. I think that when for, if the ball and play time's big, then people get more fatigued, and that creates more opportunities to attack. I think so. Um, I don't think it's different from either side, but it's awesome for it's awesome for the game, in my opinion. Um, Adi, there's a report today uh, the Queensland Reds are pushing and the Shane Super Rugby sides are pushing for like a Heineken kind of Cup style competition involved in Japan, New Zealand and Australia. Um, and uh, with the ultimate goal of having a to World Cup Challenge, um, you're obviously off to Japan next year, but would you like to see Southern Hemisphere kind of rugby looked at a, uh, an extra competition on top of Super Rugby? Uh, to be honest, mate, I didn't even think about that stuff. <laughs> I just kind of turn up and um, get told what to do by the coaches and play each week. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of like the last thing I think about, but um, and I just like I get like I said, I always have that mindset to control what I can control and whatever decisions made up at the top, and we just go with the flow. So um, you know, it'd be nice, I guess, to play against different different teams and different styles of rugby because at the moment it's New Zealand and Australia. But yeah, um, look, man, I'm easy. I'm, I'm I, I don't mind. Jason, can I ask about uh, Cam Roycar? So with uh, TJ having a long-term injury, 
what difference has that made to him in terms of the confidence of having the starting role, knowing that it's his? Yeah, um, yeah. Look, it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit worried to say it's definitely his because there's a great competition going on with our nines. Um, Cam's playing some awesome footy, um, and when we knew we knew he had that potential, and we knew it last year when he was sort of getting you know minutes behind TJ. So um, yeah, he's a, he's a confidence young player who's actually actually grown in the leadership space and understands the game really well. So he's got a big future. Um, we've got to keep working on parts of his game. You know, we, he's got a great pass, but we've got to make it more consistent. He's got a great kick, but we've got to make it more consistent, like most players. But um, yeah, he's a he's a big talent, but. I think the last two weeks we've seen here him in the first half and uh, Jamie Booth coming off the bench in the second half to finish games and be nice and controlled is is a pretty good blueprint for us at the moment. Is your dad scary man? He's a pretty calm dude, but it's not often I get a call like that after the game. And mum, mum was in the crowd today too, and she asked if I was all good. Because usually I'm not like that, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, um, I called my wife, she told me, you're good. Um, so, yeah, it's just a brain explosion from me. Uh, you know, massive heads up and I understand, I guess, the role I play, you know, with the kids watching the games and stuff like that. So that uh, doesn't excuse what I did, but, you know, we make mistakes and hopefully I grow and learn from it. Kevin, what's your thoughts on that game and the way the guys fought it out? Exactly, Adam. So... So proud of this group, and um, although that was huge for us, something we've been speaking about for a long time as a club, and um, yeah, couldn't be prouder at this moment. That second half seemed like you know, they're talking a lot about art skills, kind of play that kind of seemed like it was. Um, was it disappointing that the first half you couldn't quite? Yeah, Chris, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, the second half we spoke about just being fearless, you know, and that my last message in the change room was cross everything else. Be fearless, you know, and uh, I think we'll take a lot of confidence from that. First off, it's just that C zone where we just failed to get out of it, you know, and sort of piggybacked them back, and then we lost momentum. So we'll look at that, but definitely the fast and fearless is coming. What about the red zone, Kevin? So in the first half, you scored early in the red zone, and mm. then next time you got down there, maybe half hour in the game, yeah, and then there was a couple of fumbles over yeah. the line and a couple of line out balls. Yeah, we went for the mall and uh, they managed to get that out of Alex's hand at the back, so that's probably a bit unlucky. And then Ryan, as he went for the line, you know, sort of knocked that on. But we, yeah, we just wanted to keep staying down there because once we get into that red zone, we, we're scoring good points. So, um, yeah, yeah. Again, I think if you can play with speed in that red zone, you're going to come away with points. Talk about playing with speed. Um, Carter standing up today, really. See, like the second half, really seen an engineer that. Yeah, Carter's awesome. I mean, I keep saying, keep drumming it on. He's a big boy and he's fast and he's physical. And um, he was cramping out there along with about three others and myself in the box, you know. So, uh, um, but that shows courage, right? When you're cramping and you've got to get into backfield after a kick, and yeah, he's no, he's going to be really special. Brad, how's the feeling? Yeah, obviously, um, you know, like it still hurts that we lost because. Um, <laughs> we're not we're not here to lose games, so, but yeah, like just to echo Kevin's sentiments, like we showed a lot of fight, which is probably the most thing that the biggest thing that I'm proud of as you know as captain and playing group. Um, you know, if we can show that fight week in week out, um, we, we'll be going forward in the right direction. 
So did some of that come from last week, you know, falling away a bit in the second half? Is that a focus this week? Yeah, it definitely was. We weren't happy with our second half performance last week. That obviously let us down. Um, and yeah, we just wanted to, you know, we wanted to play good footy for longer periods of the of the match. And I think, you know, we obviously we went right up to the 80th minute there. So um, yeah, it was, it was a good effort. Brad, um, how did the guys react when Sevilla did that throat gesture? I know it was a bit sort of silly and he's apologised after it. Did, it, did you guys react to that? Did there any chatter about it? What happened? Uh, to be honest, I think I was probably up the tunnel getting stitches in my eye at that stage, so I didn't see it and I didn't know, um, didn't see the reaction or anything, so I can't really comment on that. Yeah, I'll comment. Um, I didn't see that, but just from Coles grab Canham's headgear and it all started, I just made it very clear to our guys that they don't come to our house and we're not going to tolerate that. So, um, yeah, we're not, we just won't tolerate that. You must be um, proud of the discipline from James that has been an issue in the past. Yeah, well, and that, I mean, that's probably on the back end of last week's second half, is that when you've got poor discipline or if you, you're not exiting well and one team's on attack, the, the decisions are going against the defensive team. So we want to have good dif- discipline on defence and make sure that we don't stay on defence for too long because otherwise it just fatigues us, you know, and... Um, you know, we had a New Zealand ref today and you can see the ball in playtime is going to start lifting a lot now in Super Rugby with these new rules. So if you're defending and defending and defending, you're going to cookie. You must be excited about your back three. I mean, that's the first time those boys have actually played together, but, you know, they've got some speed there. Yeah, Joe Pincus debut today, which is special. He's been at the club for a year, but he had, you know, bad injuries last year, unfortunately, with his groins. But um, he he killed it against the Brumbies in the trial game and then unfortunately hurt his uh, quad, but... Real speed, you know, real excitement. So good. Uh, the ejection from Quano was pretty evident in the second half, um, and the Rucksack just slipped. Um, is that potentially a tactic going forward, Quano off the bench? Yeah, we can think of him as a wallaby, but could that just be a second half almost point of run of luck? Yeah, well, that was actually our plan last week. We went with a 6 2 bench with Pone and Geordie, and um, we just Definitely, Pone's ball carrying, and like we say, if, Mel, if we've got our discipline right and we're staying on attack and Pone can go forward, he's a big, big point of difference. Um, so I thought he was great. So I think, the line, like you said, the speed was quick and and he's physical. You know, So yeah, Pone's an impact player. He'll want to start some of the games, but we'll definitely look at him off the bench. And Brad, um, Crab, there's a few people here tonight as well. Did that help with the extra noise? Obviously, there's a few boos for Argy, and that kind of seemed to um, whip everyone up and frenzy. Yeah, um, no, it was pretty cool. Um, could feel, definitely feel the energy out there from the crowd. Um, just, I think there was a Rebels chant going there at one stage. And yeah, that, that was, uh, I definitely felt a lift from that um, personally. And yeah, it was, it was cool to see. I think it's been a good start to Super Round and rugby in general. Kip, uh, you mentioned uh, Josh Cannon before. It's often difficult for players in their second season. You know, they make a splash in the first year. Mm. Um, but you know, a young guy playing going 80 tonight. Yeah. And how, how do you think he's going? And he went 80 last week as well. You know, in Perth, so he backed it up. And, uh, you know, you could see Josh, he, during the week he was fatigued. And, um, again, credit to our staff because they got around him, you know, to prep him for this. But he's grown tremendously. He told me in an interview last year that he didn't make one tackle in his whole high school career when I was asking him about tackle tech. So his growth is you know, massive. And Jeff's done a great job with him, piling around line-out calling, you know, with Matt Phillip being injured. 
and Trevor wasn't playing, you know, Josh had to learn very quickly and he's done a great job there. So now that we've got him wearing metal studs, you know, we, we're moving in the right direction, you know. And you're happy with the way Trevor's come back? Yeah, huge. You know, Trevi, um, that's a big, big ask, you know, and I think if you look at Bailey's injury, you know, before our game, that would have spooked Trevor a little bit, you know, it's the re-injuries that get our players really concerned. And uh, he got through the Perth game and now he's got some runs on the board and you can see his um, fitness will go up and he'll be a huge asset to Josh as well because he can take the line-out calling off Joshy and then Joshy can just use his engine around the park. Brad, this was your first game against the Kiwi team. Uh, was there any difference in physicality that you noticed from the prep, maybe the trials against the Aussie teams in week one? Um, yeah, well, just on review of the uh, preview of the game, we knew that they were going to come hard at the breakdown. So, um, like, a big focus for us was on our, you know, physicality there. And um, we, we knew that we had to front up and take it to them in that space. Um, yeah, because they had a lot of good threats uh, around the breakdown. So, uh, just, yeah, again, like, um, probably ball and play time and speed, you could definitely feel like, it was a quicker game out there um, against the Kiwis. They like to throw the ball around, um, chance their arm, and I think we were trying to do that a fair bit in the second half as well. So it was quite, um, it was quite a tough game on the lungs. No, it was good. Sammy Telekar failed his HI, but but apparently it wasn't bad. You know, so we're hoping to turn him around quite quickly. We we're lucky we've got Kabasi Ilov still rearing to go as well. So we'll have a look at Sammy. And we've got a seven-day... Well, we're going to treat it like that. So we'll train Sunday, install, get ready Monday, give the guys enough time to prepare. But such wood, everyone's okay. Is there anyone back next week? Uh, no, no, not yet. Carl's is still round six. So when we go away to Drua. Um, and Matt and Rob, we just take week by week. You know, we just have a look. Lenny Vahu's not too far off as well. Um, so not, not yet, though.